This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ever see an untucked button-down? They look bad. Why? Well, because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, untucked shirts always fall at that perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Like, I'm 6'5", so it's hard to find shirts that fit me well and then also kind of fall at that perfect length when I'm trying to go untucked. Now, with Untuck It, you can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Golden Edge Podcast is sponsored by SDN Sports from Station Casinos. SDN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. Sign up today and get a new sign-up bonus of up to $50. What is up, everyone? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks about hockey. Uh, before we get started here, just a quick remember to uh, subscribe, not like, because I've been told that you cannot like our podcast, but subscribe, please, on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever you do with your podcast. Make sure to check out all our great Golden Knights coverage at ReviewJournal.com as well. I'm Ben Goats, joined by my great colleagues, uh, Dave Shane and Adam Hill, with a special guest, Golden Knights rookie defenseman Zach Whitecloud is with us in the UNLV locker room here today at City National Arena. Zach, thanks so much for joining us. How's it going? Good. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Yeah, no problem. So we want to get into obviously a bunch of stuff uh, since you've come up with the Knights and kind of established yourself a little bit. I mean, what have these past 12 games been like for you since you got called up for that game in Nashville? I uh, just honestly just been taking it day by day. Um, not trying to get out of my get out of my lane, as, as they would say. And um, but I, I think the main thing is just focusing one day at a time and, and just kind of keep learning as uh, things come along and game by game and uh, practice by practice and just trying to make uh, myself better for my teammates, for my coaches and uh, just keep going. So I asked you this. I remember on that road trip, you got called up in Nashville. Then immediately the team went to Tampa and then Fort Lauderdale. Who did you trick into calling you up for the Nashville and Florida road trip? 
I don't know. I'm not sure. Nice weather, though. That's <laughs> great. What, what, I mean, when you when you come up, though, and you, you talked about just staying in yourself, like playing your game, doing what you do. How hard is it to do that when you're like, I'm up here now. I want to show everybody what I can do. I want to, like, you know, show everyone everything I can do in my skill set. But you you know that the best thing to do is kind of stay within yourself. Kind of, How do you find that balance? Uh, well, I think with my skill set, um, the best games are the ones that, you know, you know, guys like you who are up in the stands and who are at the games don't really recognize me. Um, I think that's the biggest attribute to my game is that it's it's calm, it's simple. Um, I play a two-way style. You know, I can contribute offensively, and that's starting to come along a lot more as, you know, the games go by. And um, that comes with confidence and reps and things like that. And um, But, no, I mean, you just kind of keep going day by day and taking the things that you learn and taking the mistakes, you know, that are coming here and there. And and uh, learn from them and just, uh, you know, keep moving forward and, and again, taking it day by day. So. so according to our math, it was 667 days between your NHL debut and then calling, being called up. What, what was that wait like? Do you ever get impatient or, or you just kind of know that's part of the process? No, trust the process. I mean, um, you know, the, uh, the management group, you know, signed me for a reason and I truly believe that. And, um, you know, you just got to keep believing in yourself. And that's where... Uh, the staff in Chicago has really helped, you know, a lot of us young guys is is find our game and find, you know, what makes us good pros and especially how to be pros. Right. And and uh, you learn those things down there and you you um, you don't you don't get anxious. I mean, you just you just kind of keep doing your thing day by day and and just know that you got to trust the process and that things will work out. If you put in the effort, you put in the time, you put in the work. Right. And um, obviously, if you don't do those things, the chances of you. Um, you know, moving forward or slim, right? And um, but you want to be doing the right things every day. You want to be playing well. Obviously, you want to be a good teammate. You want to be good in the community, and uh, you just want to you know better yourself every day, so that when you come up here, you're ready to take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, kind of speaking of trusting the process, you're obviously competing for a job in training camp this year, and you got hurt. Was that kind of you know a tough blow to go through, knowing that you were maybe on the verge of making this team out of camp and having to deal with that adversity? Sure. I mean, I had never been injured in my career. I had never been put out. Um, you know, for an extended period of time and that, uh, it's unfortunate that my, you know, my first injury kind of came in pro and, and, uh, you know, obviously a chance that everyone knew that, you know, there were a couple of guys battling for spots, right. And for one, you know, certain spot, obviously, as everyone knew and, um, you know, to kind of, you know, have that happen, it, uh, it was, uh, it was a check to, you know, who I was as a person, who I was as, uh, an athlete and a hockey player and, um, you know, I went back to Chicago. I got, you know, I got healthy. I uh, got my mind right. I uh, got my body right. And I honestly, I came back a lot faster, more rested, stronger, um, working with our strength and conditioning staff down there with Jeff Conkle. He, he really took care of me. He made sure that, you know, I stayed in obviously, uh, honestly, uh, above average game shape. He, uh, the days were tough, obviously. I mean, you, you put in long days when the team's on the road, you're there, you know, uh, by yourself or with one of the other injured guys. And, um, but that's time to honestly make yourself better. Um, obviously, everyone knew we had a short summer with the with the Wolves. We went to the you know the finals, right? And your your summer shortened. Uh, obviously, you take you know a couple of weeks or a month for some guys, and and then you have a month of training, and then you're right back into camp, right? So um, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. And I'll never say an injury is a good thing. Um, obviously, the circumstances is is tough, and um, it was unfortunate, obviously, and. Um, but I had to make the most of it. And I think I did. And, uh, I was proud of my, uh, ma the, the amount of maturity I showed. Um, and that's not, uh, knocking my own boots or anything, but that's, 
Um, I went through it. I got better from it. I learned that injuries are a part of the game, obviously, and obviously they hadn't happened before, right? So it was new for me. Um, and there were a few mental battles, a few physical battles, but uh, I came back stronger from it. And uh, I just knew that my time was coming and that I had to be ready for when it did come. And um, you just have to take advantage of that. So I wanted to get into your background a little bit too. So when you made your debut, you were the first member of the uh, Sioux Valley Dakota Nation to play in the NHL. And I know you grew uh, really close to the Sioux Valley Dakota Nation Reserve just outside Brandon, Manitoba. I mean, this is a very large question, but how did, I guess, that background kind of shape you into the the person you are today? Uh, it's the way my parents raised me, right? And, and my mom isn't uh, Aboriginal, my dad's full. So that's, uh, you know, where I get it from. And um, But we were always tied to the community, tied to um, home as we call it. And it's about 20 minutes west of Brandon. and. Uh, I had a lot of friends growing up. I played minor hockey with our uh, our reservation team there for about three years through, um, I think it was Adam, Pee Wee and Novice. And after that, uh, obviously the skill level started to jump up as I kept developing and I had to move away, you know, from those those friends and things like that and, and move on to higher hockey, obviously, but still kept in touch with them. And unfortunately, not a lot of them are playing hockey anymore. And, and uh, you know, that's obviously from circumstances and things like that. And um, but to kind of keep going and, and keep going through the process, as we say it, and go through whether it's AAA hockey, Bantam hockey and then juniors and then college and, and now, you know, the NHL. Um, to represent my people is, is huge for me and, and huge for my people. And I know that I know it's a responsibility. Um, and it's one I don't take lightly. It's one I talk with my dad about a lot, you know, when I come back in the summer to make sure I'm involved in the community, make sure I'm, you know, going to the schools, talking to the kids about how important education is, how important a healthy lifestyle is. Um, and obviously drugs and alcohol is an issue for people in society in general, but <clears throat> my community back home is, is, uh, they have issues, you know, with that. And, uh, and that's not, um, singling out one, um, you know, culture, right. All people have issues and it, they vary, but uh, some are more severe than others. And, uh, it's, it's, it starts with the youth. And if you can, you know, give them a positive example to look at, um, you know, those are going to be things that, you know, hopefully they'll hang on to as they go throughout situations in their life where they can, you know, um, where the fork in the road comes, whether it's the bad and the good, hopefully they'll take the good, right? And um, it's just trying to show them what good can be. And, uh, you know, I went through decisions in uh, as I was growing up where, um, you know, my friends would be going out, I would stay in because I had training the next day. And it's it's little things like that that helped me get to where I am and, and the responsibility factor that, you know, my parents put on me too. Um, if you do want to play hockey, this is what you have to do. You have to... Um, I guess the old saying goes in order to get something, you have to give something up and, um, you know, you got to pick what you want to give up. And, you know, that's uh, what I've been doing my whole life is making sure that I give myself the best chance to um, play hockey for the rest of my life and, and do it for a very long time. And that's what I've wanted to do since I was a kid. So um, and you have that opportunity to do it. You don't want to waste it. You don't take advantage of it. And you make sure that, um, you know, you try to set the best example possible for a lot of those kids. Taking on, I mean, uh, that kind of a, a challenge and trying to, you know, be a role model and, and set examples like that and, and talk to the community like that's kind of a lot to take on, especially for a young player. Like, is that just something that comes naturally to you that you're you get excited about? Sure. I mean, everyone's a leader in some aspect, right? And it, some aspects are larger than others. Um, I always look to Jordan Tutu, Michael Ferland, a lot of those guys. Obviously, Ethan Bears, another uh, you know kid around my age who um, is heavily uh, involved in his community, his culture, and you know he's obviously with that, with the Oilers there. And uh, you know him and I talk a little bit, and 
Um, he does things in the summer like uh, youth camps for kids. Um, you know, hopefully I can get into that as, as my career goes on and try to help those kids in the summer and, and things like that. And, um, but those were the guys I trained with, uh, you know, for in the summer and, and, uh, he's heavily involved in, in the community as well. And having him and I around, you know, the Manitoba area, Brady keepers one as well. He's uh he's a newcomer to the pro game and, um, he's from Northern Manitoba. So, um, there's, you know, there's more of us that you know, are coming along and, and, uh, setting good examples. How much support do you feel, I guess, from the community, how, you know, how much do you hear from from kids and, and adults and things like that, you know, just about your journey and, and where you're at? And and maybe like like you said, the influence that, that you maybe have on, on some of the kids. It's every day. Um, uh, honestly, the, and the biggest part of it is social media. I mean, that's how you see things. Obviously, that's the biggest form of communication in our society. Right. And, um, you know, you see it through Facebook, you see it through Twitter. Um, you know, people I went to university with, they're still contacting me, you know, saying, good job, way to represent BSU and uh, way to represent Sioux Valley, way to represent, um, you know, my Dakota culture back home. It's everyone reaches out, you know, somehow and uh, either that or, you know, a lot of people reach out to my dad. And I think my dad gets more uh, more people contacting him than I do myself. But uh, no, he handles it well, too. I mean, you know, people are always uh, texting him because they don't want to bother me. They're texting him, you know, yeah, how's he doing? You know, how's he playing and stuff like that. And and uh, he kind of relays the message saying he's doing well and stuff like that. And I check in with my dad. And um, but he's the biggest connection I have to the community is my is my father. And he was, um, you know, he was raised in a family of I think it was 11 siblings, nine siblings. So they were uh, they grew up in uh, farm territory. So they needed uh, free workers, I guess, right, growing <laughs> up. So that was uh, that was the biggest form of, of work for them. And uh, but no, my family's heavily involved in, in the community and in, in, in our culture and things like that. And um, obviously I don't get home a whole lot in the summer. So it's tough for me to to get home and, and take in those sorts of things. And um, but as much as I can, I, I try to uh, obviously the schedule is a lot busier in the summer and things like that. There's other things to tend to, but um, you make time for the things that are important to you. So. Yeah, I wanted to quick touch on something you mentioned there with just your time at Bemidji State University in the great state of Minnesota. It's an okay state. It's babe. a great state. It's an okay state. Um, but that's obviously a school that has Ojibwe communities kind of surrounding it. Was that, I guess, intentional on your part to go somewhere like that or just kind of a happy coincidence? Honestly, happy coincidence. I had never heard of, uh, you know, those, re those reservations around Bemidji. It was uh, it was all new to me. I, uh, I went there. Um, you know, for hockey in school and then found out about the community surrounding it. And, um, actually from, uh, from the first year I got there, now there's, um, um, native nations night every year. And, uh, that was, I don't want to say because of me. I mean, it was because of me being a first nations player, but like, I didn't set it up. So I don't want to say because of me, but, um, there are a lot of people that, you know, make that night possible and they give free tickets to the communities around. And that's usually a night where we have about, you know, six, 7,000 people in the stands. And, um, you know, a lot of them are watching, uh, uh, first Nations hockey player, you know, for the first time. And, you know, that's big time for them. And uh, I'm able to, you know, talk to people, talk to, you know, the fans after the games and stuff. And, um, but BSU had a big impact on my life. Uh, I spent two great years there. Um, I learned a lot. I matured. I turned, I, that's the spot where I turned into a man. I went from, uh, you know, a little junior hockey player that kind of didn't know squad about life. And, and then I went in there and had a reality, reality check and, uh, you know, kind of got straightened out and, and, uh, kind of got on my way from there. And, uh, I, after two years, my coach made sure I was ready for the pro game and, and I sure was, and uh, I stepped right in and, you know, had a successful year last year with that, you know, tremendous group in Chicago and, and, uh, and then just keep developing from there. So. Can you maybe touch on your hockey journey and just like, did you have opportunities to play junior and things like that? Or was college maybe the best path that, that you saw for yourself at that point? 
yeah, college was uh, the route that just panned out for me. Uh, I was never, I was never good enough for the Western League. I, I truly, I sucked until I think it was like 18 years old. Like I was terrible. I wasn't good. And uh, well, I was always overweight too growing up. Like I was a big kid. Um, Love to eat, so uh, still do, but uh, <laughs> a little healthier than I used to. Um, but uh, my first year of junior, so when I was coming out of AAA, that's uh, 16 to 18 for for people who don't know AAA, but um, when I was, it was my 18 year old year, I was coming out of junior and I had just somehow got picked up by uh, the Vernon Oil Capitals, which is about an hour down the highway uh, west of Brandon. Um, they took a chance on me, they put me on their list and uh, protected me and then they signed me that year. Um, went in there, played with a great D partner, uh, developed that year, uh, played next year, played a ton of minutes and um, you know developed a lot there and then uh, Managed to trick someone into giving me again a, a college scholarship somehow, and and uh, made my way down south to Bemidji, and then uh, you know jumped right in, made sure I took care of business and and tried to develop. I was honestly going into school assuming I was going to be the seventh or eighth demon, and uh, they only play with six, right? So uh, I was going in there expecting to you know dial it into school and, and get my four year degree, and then kind of you know kind of get out. And uh, obviously things took a turn uh, in a different path as life usually does for a lot of us, and. Um, it was uh, it was an exciting time. My first year, I was kind of you know just uh, feeling it out, and um, I was never really a big power play guy. Um, but uh, I um, I hopped on the power play. I was penalty killing. I played with a great D partner, Justin Beaudry, and you know give him a shout out too because he's one of my good friends from Manitoba, and um, you know he's playing in uh, he's playing pro in the Buffalo Sabers organization right now, and um, he helped me a lot. You know we're good D partners, and he helped me develop there, and and then. Uh, Spent two years there and then obviously uh, went to Chicago and, uh, you know, now I'm here. So, yeah, when you were leaving Bemidji State, because you kind of on an accelerated timeline, what was the process like for you on deciding where you wanted to go? I guess how many suitors did you have? What was that kind of whole process like? Uh, the process was uh, um, shell shocking, I guess, to say the least, I guess is kind of the best Cause I mean, you have a lot of, you have teams, you know, coming to you saying that they want you and you're a kid that grew up expecting to like, no, you just dreamt of it. You never thought you'd make it. Right. And, um, nor had I, I should, I should say that, nor had I made it. It was just a time where I, you know, I got to pick my destination where I thought I would give myself the best chance to make it to the national hockey league and help a team contribute, um, obviously to, uh, to a Stanley cup. Right. And, and uh, I think that was the biggest process going throughout is who, who can I help the most? And where will my game fit in the most and and what organization, you know, can I fit into that um, I can help and I, you know, is involved in community things that I like and, and Vegas was the biggest spot for me is um, because the team obviously was was heavily involved in the community. You know, they were doing good things, great things the first year, obviously. And, uh, um, you know, I, I talked with George and Kelly and and, uh, you know, just I thought that was the best fit for me. And uh um, I thought it was a spot where I could take my game, develop and, and be good as a person, be good as a player. And just, uh, eventually at some point I, I knew that I had to work my way up and, and, you know, I wasn't, uh, uh, I wasn't like trying to fast track my development at any point. I knew I had to go through steps and you can't get to step four without going through one, two, three, right. And, um, you know, you just kind of keep taking those things and you go and you develop under, you know, Rocky Thompson and his staff and, and, uh, just kind of keep taking it again day by day. And, uh, Keep developing your game to hopefully contribute as i once you know was deciding to do right um to help this team moving down the line help them game in, game in and game out so did you know kelly mccrimmon at all from 
like growing up and things like that. My understanding, everybody that plays hockey in Manitoba knows Kelly McCrimmon. So well, hockey is a small world. Yeah. I mean, right. You, a lot of people know everyone and um, yeah, Kelly and I are from the, from the same town. Right. So, um, and we, uh, we built weekings growing up and things like that. And um, you know, my, my mom knows him and my dad knows him and we, uh, we took in, you know, players um, and helped them kind of provide them a home for, for uh, the Western hockey league and, and kind of just a, a home away from home. And uh, obviously like, older brothers for me um growing up you know we built it starting from when i was i think like five or six years old all the way throughout so um we had various guys come through we even had a couple aboriginal uh kids come through and and uh you know help them uh obviously try to pursue their dreams in hockey and uh no i mean hockey hockey's a small world and as big as it looks it's very small um so i mean everyone kind of knows everyone so <laughs> We, we talk about, you know, coming coming to this organization and being a part of this and, and working way up to the NHL. How, how have you found yourself fitting in in a locker room? It's a very weird place because you, you get to the league and there's guys that are different stages of their lives. You know, guys with families that have been here forever. There's younger guys. Like, how have you kind of fit in? And is it a weird experience to try to fit in, in a locker room? Uh, no, I don't think it's weird. I think it's I, I think it's it's fun. Right. And you, you come into a group that's, you know, super tight and, you know, they're obviously through the season into the season quite a ways right and um no you come in you be respectful you you come in do your work uh you know you keep your head down and you be respectful um you come in and you just you do whatever you can to help the team and whether that's you know uh doing whatever you can just honestly to help the team and uh again the, the main thing coming down to it is just be respectful and and treat everyone how you want to be treated and uh no just uh enjoy the process and uh you know come in and, and get to work all right, so we're going to get on to our last topic here. And I asked this because it's Monday night, which is one of my favorite nights of the week because it's Bachelor night and Pilot Pete is down to his final three tonight. Uh, how long have you watched The the Bachelor's Act? Uh, well, it all started in junior hockey. My, uh, How much time do we have left? <laughs> oh, go, go as long as you want. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good. Okay, so my uh, my bill of parents, Jack and Karen Forrester, um, so we started uh, like a bachelor Monday night and she, so she's a big, she's a big, she's one of the reasons why I lost a ton of weight. Actually, she, uh, she got on a health kick with me and she's the one who my bill of dad hates me for it. Um, because he was always used to kind of like chicken wings, burgers, fries, and things like that. And then there started to be like salmon, asparagus, just gross things. Right. <laughs> and, um, so we ended, I ended up bringing that trend into the house and then for the next like six years, he was kind of screwed to say the least, uh, cause he, they kept giving her the healthy kids. So I, at the end of the day, he resents me. Um, but um, she helped me with a lot. And on those Bachelor Mondays, we started with, I think, like six or seven guys. And then it kind of grew. And once everyone heard that, you know, she was feeding the boys Monday nights, like snacks. I'm talking apple crisp. I'm talking score bar. I'm nachos, wings. You guys are laughing, but it's it's crazy. She would have a spread down on the table and it was it was wild. Like you'd go in there, you you and I ate supper before that. So like this this woman is is incredible. She she helped me, you know, I junior hockey's like a, a big mental battle, right? Because you're you know, you're playing, you don't know what your future holds and there were some tough days, you know, where she you know, she was a person that I could sit down and talk to and, and kind of vent my stuff away from the rink and and uh she was my she was my rock throughout junior and um, maybe I think she knows that, but she won't ever know the, how much, just how much she had an impact on my life and she forever will. And, and there's another family there too. Um, the scar family who, um, they gave me a job in junior, uh, working on a cattle ranch and, uh, greatest job I ever had. 
And uh, wait, better than this job. Oh, this it's a it's a tie, <laughs> it's a but right no, they they showed me a, a true passion for where you know how people survive, right? And that's and that's uh, the meat industry and things like that. And and they're they're my family away from family. And um, in Verdon, I had two families to two homes to be able to call home, and and uh, you know I'll love them forever and and uh, do anything for them. And uh, but those bastard Mondays, if I could go back. Oh man, um, <laughs> she would feed us, and and so I went from six or seven guys to about fifteen or sixteen boys. So that's uh, I think the guys only mainly came for the food. Some guys would sit on their phones the whole time just to eat. So um, no, that's kind of where Bachelor Money started for me, and I've ever, I've been watching ever since. Um, I haven't been able to catch up recently though, which I'm kind of upset about. Um, but uh, maybe I'll watch tonight and kind of tune back in. Wait, so would you do the show? Um, no, I. I have a girlfriend. Okay. So. All right. Well, okay. Pretend. I mean, at sure. Some point when was, single, sure. At mean, some point when you were single, is that something that you would do? Would you go on a reality show? Like keeping up with the Kardashians reality show or like? Any kind of show. Like, would you want your life out there like that on TV? No, I don't have much of a life. I, okay. No, I'm a big Netflix guy. I go home. I, I try to nap. I try to rest. And um, I'm a big Amazon Prime TV guy right now. So I'm kind of on that kick. Yeah. Would you ever go on a reality TV show? Uh, nobody would ever want that. I mean, I don't. I mean, I guess. I mean, I mean it's not about um, what other people want. It's about what you want. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's just no you problem. Do it? Yeah. Yes. I'll. Yes. Absolutely. So Adam's big on yes. Love Is Blind on Netflix. Love right Is now. Blind on Netflix is the show. That's, that's Adam's show. Love I'm, Is Blind. Yeah. yeah. I'm personally the Bachelor guy, so I'm very excited for Monday. Uh, Zach, I was very excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for coming in. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Yeah. yeah thanks, thanks to Zach. everyone who uh, listened. As a reminder, we drop a Golden Edge podcast every week remember to oh <laughs> he said everyone that listened i thought it was live <laughs> incredible production moment you guys uh just remember to subscribe uh everything you do with your podcast after. on itunes stitcher spotify etc this is the best podcast we might have ever done uh thank you guys so much and we'll talk to you guys again next week sugar ray leonard roberto duran Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.